If you have a Bible, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, we will be there. We will be continuing in on our, uh, our series. And um, yes, I said that. That. Hey, can I have a goldfish? No? Didn't your, didn't your, didn't your daddy teach you how to share? No? No? Ask for anything other than goldfish, right? All right. Um, so we'll be in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We started a few weeks ago on this series, and um, it was kind of sparked by a question that uh, you know, I, I guess I had in my, in my head, and it came out uh, on paper, um, that uh, what in the heck's going on with our world? I mean, that, that was the question which, which I have, and, and I'm guessing that some of y'all have had the same question. Anybody, anybody have that question? Yeah, what in the heck is going on in our world? Well, you know, I, 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 as I'm looking at that, and I know as, um, you know as society would tell us, they give us all of these different ways in which we can uh, cope with the environment around us. Uh, most of the time, if you look at uh, the, the way in which people say you can cope with the environment around us, it has some type of substance from the outside, or it, it, it involves people um, just, uh, uh, just turning into themselves and just trying to shut out everything around us. Um, as believers in Christ, uh, we can't do that. We're not afforded the, the opportunity to just, I'm just going to stay in my little bubble and I'm not going to. I, I know that, 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 that everything's going on around us, but I don't have to deal with it. I can just ignore it and it'll go away. Well, the, the problem is that we're called to go and make disciples and we're, we're, we're called to uh, be in community with one another. You guys know that um, one of my big heart cries is the, the whole Alelon principle, understanding that, that all of these one another's of, of Scripture um, it, it involves being with somebody else. Has anybody uh, accomplished the one another, uh, one another's by themselves? You have not, your little liar. That's all right. I mean, we're 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 all. I don't care. Have I ever been nice? I ain't gonna be nice to anybody. I'm not worried about that. Everybody has. Is, is she, She's a little sinner, just like you are, just like I am. We're all little. Even doesn't matter. You could have. It's a, oh, she is an angel. You and I need to talk about Genesis chapter three. Um, ooh, wow. We got a, a new mic, and it's kind of sensitive. I got to watch for my clapping. Uh, but anyways, uh, we we can't we can't just uh, just just turn into ourselves and, and just push out the world. We have to do something about it. We have, and I'm not saying that we have to be. You know, go out there and the, the turn and burn signs. Y'all, y'all are going to hell unless you turn and repent right now. Um, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, not nothing against if somebody, if that's your your cup of tea, that's that's fine. But I, I think that we have to learn how to face the situations around us and, and, and face the situations in a way that is uh, that we're not losing our minds. Uh, I mean, that 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 is a, a key, right? Uh, some of you are like, I'm done, gone. The crazy train has left the station, um, right? But we, we have to figure out how to face the situations around us without losing our minds. But I, I, I put on here as well, without losing our witness. Because we, we may not lose our mind, but we may explode and lose our witness. Well, what, what do I mean by, by our witness? The way in which we communicate Christ to the world. Because like it or not, 
Those those are in your life, those people around you that don't have a relationship with Jesus. They look to you because they know, well, hey, they know that Ben is a Christian. I mean, Ben is very verbal about his beliefs and everything, right? Oh, wait, that's Marlon. Where's Marlon? Yeah. Marlon, you're hiding way in the back. What's up? No, but understand, even, even still, people know what, what it is that you believe. Even when you don't think that they know you, something where you could think, I'm just going to hide. No, they know you. And what, what's happened is they look to you to, uh, to see who God is. And I'm not saying that that's right, all right? Because we know to, to, to see who God is, we look to what he has given us in the Scripture. That's how we see who God is. But people that, that, that don't have that relationship with Christ, they're going to do the, take the easiest route to the, that there is. Uh, some people will get on Facebook and just troll on Facebook and look for Christian pages. And I just love that because there's everything on Facebook is, is, is positive and real. Truth. No? I, 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 I've been misinformed. No, but understand that we, we do have to, to uh, uh, figure out a way in which we are to face the situations around us, not lose our mind, not lose our witness. If you're taking notes today, the, the big idea that we have is this. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but the big idea is desiring the perspective to please God. Desiring the perspective to please God. Because I, I believe that if we change the, the way in which we think, we're going to act differently. Y'all, you've heard me say that bunches of times now. But our perspective has to be changed. Our perspective, and maybe it doesn't need to be changed. Maybe that, that what we need to do is not change our perspective, but adjust it just a little bit. To, so so it, is, it is focused more intently on what it is we're supposed to do which is pleasing God. That, that's what we were created for. Now, when we talk about pleasing God, remember, we're not talking about trying to earn our salvation. Like, if you please God, you're going to get a better seat in heaven. We're not talking about that. What we are, are explaining here is that the pleasing of God is an overflow of the gratitude in which we have for Him because of what He has done for us. And so we want to please God because He has given us everything. So when we're thinking about this text, as we're reading through this text, I should say, be thinking about desiring the perspective to please God. So if you have your Bibles, go to, uh, like I said, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to start back in verse 1, and I'm going to read through verse 10, but we're going to focus on 6 through 9, just so we can kind of get back to where we're going to be um, and uh, our thinking so that we can uh, really attack what what I want to look at today. All right, verse 1, remember Paul, the apostle, he's speaking here to this church that had um, gone wild, that he's reeling them back in, and he says this, and he's talking about everything that, that, that they have encountered. Um, if you read through First and Second Corinthians, this, this church has done a lot of crazy things, has been through a lot of crazy ordeals, um, but he's reeling them back in, and he's explaining to them, I believe, how we can deal with stuff that's going around us. Are going on around us. He says, for we know that if the tent that is, that is our earthly home is destroyed, he's talking about this body, uh, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, how um, this tent is temporal. The, our, 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 uh, what we are looking forward to, um, the, 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 that which awaits us is made in the heavens, uh, which is good because then we can't screw it up. 
Verse 2, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our, her, our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that, would, that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, if you remember back, if you rewind a couple a couple weeks here, when we first started this series, and we went through this these first few verses here, we, we talked about three things that we were to live with. We were to live with hope, live with longing. Anybody remember the third one? Calling and live with calling. So when we look at this text, we can see that there's a way in which we are to live. Even though everything's going on around us, how we're to deal with this is we live with the hope, knowing that if something happens to this body, we have a, a body awaiting us. Uh, and we talked about we, we don't want to um, uh, um, accelerate the process. Uh, God has a timing for us. We're not in the, the, the driver's seat when, we, when it is our time to go. But um, not that we want to accelerate the process, but what we want to do is we want to be uh, longing for that in which we are hoped uh, we have our hope in. And then it, the, the calling. And that's what I, I, I started this all out with. We have a calling on our life to proclaim the good news of Jesus. I mean, that, it's not going to be um, fancy music or fancy preaching or fancy programs. The elders that I have talked about all this, then it's not going to be any of that stuff that draws people in. It's going to be the calling which God has placed on your life to tell them about Jesus or, hey, come with me. I want you to hear about, uh, about Jesus, who he is and what he has done. Because at the end of the day, our job, I, I guess we could say, um, or our, our, our goal is to jam the gates of heaven. We want to see as many of those loved ones, family or friends, there walking on those streets of gold, right? I mean, I, I look at it this way. If I'm going to spend time and energy putting uh, or an effort into a relationship here, I want that relationship to transfer over uh, into heaven. Anybody with me? I mean, because that, that is something people say, well, you don't take anything to heaven. No, you know what? I'm, I'm taking y'all to heaven. We're not doing it like now. We're not going to go, here, everybody's take a communion and drink the Kool-Aid. No. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't. Google it later. Jonestown. But um, no, not, not saying that. Well, what, what I'm saying is like we will have, we will know one another in heaven. So let me go on so I have plenty of time to, to yell at you later. Verse 5, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. We, we, we talked about that last week, that it is God who prepares. And because He prepares us, He has given us something. He has given us a someone to live inside of us. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. Remember, we don't get just a little bit of the Spirit of God. We get the whole Spirit of God. We get the, 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 the fullness of God dwells inside of us. But what we have a tendency to, to do is we grieve the Spirit like the, uh, the Bible says, and, uh, which is a, 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 a personification of understanding that the Spirit is a person. We grieve Him and He just kind of, all right, I'll just stand back in the corner. You go act like an idiot. And when you're done doing all that and you want to uh, let me guide you, I'll be here. 
I mean, I don't know. I've heard that that voice, in, you know, yelling in my ear. Right, how's it going for you, Lee? I'm, I'm here whenever you want me. Me? I'm just the only one that's ever had that? Right. Okay. But not only, not only do have we been given uh, the Spirit of God as a, as a guide, but also as a guarantee. Well, again, what's that guarantee? So that when we get to heaven, why should I let you in? I, I was guaranteed. I was already given the deposit, the down payment for my entrance into my inheritance. So, New, new, new ground today, verse 6 through, uh, through 10. So we are always of good cheer. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good cheer, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, verse 10 we're going to uh, be looking at in a couple weeks. Uh, We're not doing verse 10 on Mother's Day, which it would be very fitting to talk about judgment on Mother's Day. Uh, maybe it would just be good fitting for me. I'm thinking, like, man, I was judged all the time when, by my mama growing up and my grandmamas and everybody else. But in a couple of weeks, we'll look at, at, at verse 10. But I want to look at verses 6 through 9. Because what we see here is Paul, uh, his, um, his perception, or I should say his perspective, Paul's perspective was, uh, the, and when I say perspective, the way in which he looked at stuff, the way in which he could say, where, where he says um, that uh, we are always of, of courage, of good courage, always of good courage. And we have this good cheer and understanding at the way in which he was able to, to say that is because Paul's perspective was a realization that this meaning this body, this earth, is temporary. It's transitory, meaning it's, this is uh, the movement towards what is to come. This isn't going to last forever, no matter how cute our, our, our babies are. And, and, and babies cute. I, I love, I love it, babies. My babies were cute one time, too. And then they grew up, right? They, I mean, you look at Pitt, we're, oh, man. Uh. Come on, we, deacons, ushers, get him out of here. Um, but no, we, we, we our, our kids, they grow up. We were just looking at pictures the other day. It was a picture of, of Gabe when he was probably, I don't know, two, maybe two years old. And he's got stickers all over his face. He's got this big grin. I'm just thinking, oh, man, where did he go? He used to, every Sunday, he used to climb up in my lap after church, and he would lay on, you know, lay on my, my chest and... We both are out. Now he tries to climb up in my chair. My chairs are going to break and everything. Dude, just where did, where did the time go? Where did it go? I don't know why I went off on that. But anywho, uh, this, the, oh, the temporariness. It, no, the, the, the growing up, growing old shows the, the, the temporary state of everything uh, in which we see and in which we can do. Paul had a realization that he wasn't living for today. He was living for something so much greater. 
When we, uh, when we, when we look at, at Paul's life and even the, the, you know, books like this, what we see is that Paul didn't focus on the present conditions. His focus wasn't on the present conditions, but the, the, the future certainties. He, 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 didn't, um, he wasn't fixated on what he could see. He was fixated and just um, enthralled with what he could not see. Uh, just, just look back at um, chapter 4, verse 17 and 18 in, in 2 Corinthians. It should be, I mean, it could probably be on the same page here, maybe not. Paul says this, for this light, and this is going to be, this is going to be important here for a second, or in, in a minute, I should say, this word light, all right? For this light, think of, of a weight, not heavy, okay? For this light, momentary affliction is preparing, a, preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. His perspective wasn't focused on the situation which he was in. Did it get him out of the situation? No. But he wasn't so overwhelmed with the situation that he took his eyes off what, what uh, lay before him, what, what he could, uh, where his hope was. He understood that this is only going to last a little bit of time. He lived in light, and this is what I, 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 I think that uh, will help us. I wrote down here that he lived in light of the ultimate rather than the immediate realities. He lived in light of the ultimate reality instead of just the immediate. Now, when we say that, it, it, it's, it's easy for preacher talk to stand up here and say, all right, you know, you guys have hope, and we do have hope, and we need to be looking towards Jesus. And then we walk out, and, and, and we're like, man, but what about this? And what about that? And what about... I'm not saying that any of those things aren't real. I'm saying that that doesn't have to be what, what, what uh, uh, controls our life. The Apostle Paul, he, he gives us this, this picture. He wasn't focused on all of these things that were going on. He was looking toward the ultimate. I love the, uh, another passage here in 2 Corinthians. Hold your finger in chapter 5. You can go to, to chapter 11. It'll come up on the screen. And, and, and this, uh, this helps us understand a little bit more of, well, why should we even uh, believe or why should we even trust the Apostle Paul? Because, you know, he really, he was a man that God used, okay? Well, he says a few things here. He says in chapter 11, verse 23, I'm going to pick up a little bit in the middle of 23. It says, with far greater labors, he's talking about like everything he's been through, far more imprisonments with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I've received at the hand of the Jews the 40 lashes. Ah! It's scary, isn't it? She just ducked behind the chair. Uh, I will scar that kid for life. Um, the, the, the 40 lashes, that, that's scary stuff. Uh, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked at night and a day. Or night and a day. I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys. This is the part I love. In danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger uh, from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger. There's a lot of danger here. Danger in the wilderness, danger at sea. He shouldn't even got out of bed, right? Danger from false brothers. 
in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there was the daily pressure of my anxiety for all the churches. Paul been through a few things. Would you not agree? Well, okay, go back to, to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. What did he say in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 17? For this light momentary affliction. So, so, so you can't read the Bible and say, you know, uh, yeah, light momentary affliction. He has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I would say he does. And he, he, he is saying all of these things that had happened to him, they pale in comparison to what is, it is preparing us for. He never says that none of those things didn't happen and none of those things aren't real and we don't have to deal with them. He's just, his perspective was different. His perspective was that he, he, he understands what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. And when we walk by faith and not by sight, we can understand how the Apostle Paul's perspective, how that realization of this temporal or this transient uh, tent in which we have, how it, it is not all that we ha are uh, made for. There's so much more for us. We have hope. I, I know that, that you look at me like, okay, yeah, get to the point. Get to the point, preacher. We have hope. Our perspective, we don't have to mope around like cranky Christians. How many of you know, not are, because no, none of you are, how many of you know a cranky Christian? Oh, oh, I, I love Jesus. Yeah. And, and they're the same one that, well, I'm so scared when the... What happens if, you know, this, this vaccine or, or this, this, this pestilence or, or this, it, it's the end times. And, you know, what about the mark of the beast? And if, if we believe this and, and, and we're trusting that God is who he says he is and what he's done, and why would we fear the end? Will it, will it stink for some of us? Yeah. I mean, it all depends on what your view of the end times. Is the church going to go through the tribulation? Is it not? I mean, that's for you all to figure out, right? Whether we do or we don't, there might be a little bit of time of, uh, of light momentary affliction. But our, our hope is that we're going to be in the presence of Jesus for eternity. So we can look at everything that we're going through. Last week I was sitting up here because my back was killing me. It was stupid, did stupid things, and I paid for it, right? I know that the, the Jake, the, today he, he's, he's saying his back hurts, and Dan's knees hurt, and what, what is it? Oh, my back. Oh, oh, my, whatever. Oh, my back. Oh, my neck. Whatever. Anyways, but we, we look at this, our hips, our toes, whatever. What, what is that? Why do I have to deal with that pain now? You know what? We should embrace that and say, you know, Jesus is just loving me enough to show me and remind me on a daily basis this ain't all that, is, that this is about. This is just a reminder that you're going to be with me one day. This is all just temporary. This, this pain and the, the, the struggle and the hardships in which uh, the Apostle Paul went through, his, his perspective was what was focused by his faith. I, I want to look at that real quick. I, I, I want to look at what it means to walk by faith and not by, by sight. I, I think that, that, that too often we can kind of get 
I don't want to say the cart before the horse, but we can kind of look at words and we don't really understand what it means. And uh, Some people say, oh, you're supposed to have a blind faith and just go. Just close your eyes and just follow Jesus. That is not what walk by faith and not by sight means. What it means when we're talking about walking by faith. Walking is a, a biblical metaphor for lifestyle. So when you walk, when you're walking by faith, your lifestyle is by faith. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm not just saying something you do. Because you can go to church on Sunday. That's something you do. But then the other six days, your, your, your life is no different. Walking is a lifestyle, something that, that controls uh, everything in which you do. Paul here is saying that we walk by faith. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 is the, the, the great faith verse. I, every time I talk about this, I, I think that we need to hit this verse. Because it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, when we say this, and when I'm talking about this walking by faith, what we have to understand as believers in Christ, and you're not to be the judge, I'm not to be the judge, let the judge be the judge. What we have to understand is our life, the way in which we live as believers in the physical realm. Because we do live here. Anybody not live here? Just making sure, yeah, I'm from another planet. Nano, nano, right? Um, because believers live in the physical realm, we live here in the physical realm, but by faith we realize and trust in the invisible, right? So we live here, but by, in, in faith but we trust, we believe in the invisible realm. What do we mean? We believe in the supernatural. We believe that God is who He says He is, and He's done, and He works, and He moves, and He's coming, we believe that. If we don't, check out another church because you're in the wrong place because that is what we believe. If we look at this, and Paul's saying, okay, we're walking by faith. We're walking. Our lifestyle is controlled by what it is that we believe. What if? What if you did an assessment? What if we all did an assessment of our life just for a week? And looked at what we do. And the easiest way to do this is look at your calendar and your checkbook. What, what, what you do and what you spend money on and say, am I walking by faith? I'm not, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm just writing a big check to the church. And I'm just going to trust God to help. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. God blesses us. He gives you resources so you can bless others in, in the whole nine yards. But just look at that. Look at your checkbook. Look at your calendar. See where, if you can say, I'm walking by faith. And remember, faith is, is just trusting in, in God to lead you, to guide you. You're, believe, you're living in the physical. You're believing in, in, in the invisible. But you're still not fretting everything that's going on around us. As he goes on to say, this is the, 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 the big point here. And i got plenty of time to, 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 to go knee deep here. Walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, a, a little uh, um, a word study it, it is in order here. I know I, I don't like doing this often because it, it just seems like, you know, we can get so deep in it. And I don't really care what the Greek says, it, but 
not, not making it sound like we have to know this, but uh, I think this is one of those important ones. This is one of those words that, that we can see. We, well, we, walk, we don't walk by, by sight. Okay, so we close our eyes. I don't see. That's not what this means. The, the, this Greek word, eidos, if you're, if you're taking notes, E-I-D-O-S, eidos. This, this Greek word, it does not mean the sense of sight. It's not a, okay, I'm blind, I'm going to close my eyes. It does not mean the sense of sight. It doesn't mean seeing, but it means the thing seen. It means the form or the appearance of that which the, is the object of sight. What do I mean? I've got a few examples here for you. Because when we were talking about the, the, the visible aspect of a person or a thing, that's what this is, the, the, this eidos, this visible aspect of this person or this thing. Three examples I have for you, and you can turn there, you don't have to, they'll pop up. I think I, I put them on there to pop up. If not, I'll run through them. Luke chapter 3, verse 22. Uh, when uh, Jesus is talking, or it says here, and uh, this is not the one we're... Yeah, 3.22, it talks about um, the Spirit of God. So the, Jesus is, is baptized, and it says the Spirit of God descended, and as it says it descended, it said in bodily form, right? And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. This form, this bodily form, Bodily eidos, this is that same word that we see at the site. Luke 9, 29, Jesus, it says like, so on the Mount of Transfiguration, um, it's talking about Jesus, as it says, and he was, as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. So he's up on the, the Mount of Transfiguration, and it says the appearance, the eidos, so we have form, we have appearance. In John chapter 5, verse 37, Jesus, speaking of the Father, He says, you have never heard His voice nor seen His form. Eidos, never seen His eidos. So, so think about that. It's not just seeing, it's the object being seen. Well, what does what does that what does that matter? Walk by faith and not by sight, because if we retain the proper meaning meaning of this name, or of this word eidos, that's translated sight in, in, in our our text here, it means the object of faith. The object of faith. We 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 walk by faith. Because of the object of faith. Yes, we're fixed on that object, but it's not our sight because we cannot see. We cannot see our object of faith. God lives in heaven, right? He lives in my heart. Yes, but can you see down inside you? No. We live by faith. We believe in the invisible. It says here, so the form and the appearance of things believed. So our object of faith is Jesus Christ and what He has done. I know that Marlon's old. So is Papa. But they, believe it or not, were not there when the tomb was open. 
Yeah, <laughs> maybe Methuselah, right. But we, have, we did not see this. But we believe this because that is our object, the empty tomb. Christ's finished work is our object of faith. If it's not our object of faith, then we've got to ask ourselves, why are we here? What are we doing? What do we need to do, right? Let's think about it this way. We are familiar, and this is what I wrote down, we are familiar with the report of heavenly things, not the things themselves. What do I mean? We can read about heavenly things. We can read about who God is. We can read about this. We can experience by becoming into community with one another. We can hear the Word. We can worship God. We are, 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 are familiar with the report of heavenly things, but we're not but we have not seen those things. They are absent from us, right? From, our, from being visibly seen. But that doesn't mean, just because they're absent, that doesn't mean they're not real. When Paul is saying that, 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 that um, whether you're in the body or out of the body, if you're um, in the body, you are absent from the Lord. This is where uh, we, we preachers and, and, and Whatever Christians get the, 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 the thing that we we say at, at funerals, um, you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord, right? Well, so when we close our eyes for for the last time, when we depart this earthly tent, we do we we leave here and we go to be with Him to await the time in which um our, our spirit is reunited with our glorified body. But when we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. When we're talking about these things that we're familiar with, we're absent from them. We're not present in them yet. That's the hope in which we have. That's the perspective in which we have. If we're trying, if our aim, as Paul says here, for our desire, because that's what this aim means, if our desire is to have the perspective to please God, because that's what he says there in uh, verse 9, for whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. That we make it our aim, we aspire, we desire. How many of, uh, of us do, do we actually have that desire with inside of us? Uh, again, I'm not judging. You, you be the judge of your own heart. But if we don't have a desire to please Him, then no wonder all of this crap of the world is just piling up on us. If our desire is to please Him, our perspective is so focused on here that our perspective is not on the heavenly. If we want a, a, a you know three, three points in a poem sermon, something you feel good about, well, we have to understand, here's what you feel good about. If your perspective is correct, if your perspective is, is focused, if your perspective is to please Him, I don't have to tell you anything. You come in here, I give you some, some good, um, solid advice. Our, our, our elders give you some good teaching. We get some prayer, we get some worship, we glorify the King, and we just are, are, are uh, encouraged to know that, okay, my perspective is right. But if we're sitting here, we're like, man, my perspective isn't please. I want to please myself. You're going to find yourself lonely. Maybe it's no one sitting here. Maybe it's somebody that's watching online. I, I, I don't know. 
But if, if we're trying to just to please or, as Paul says, gratify the desires of the flesh, you'll never be satisfied. Because God made you to, to, to uh, um, uh, the, 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 He made you in a way that your only true fulfillment is found in Him. Look at our society. Look at back when we talked about coping with stuff. Whether it's pills or alcohol or um, shopping or whatever. M- maybe, I mean, it's family, it's friends, and you're trying to get more people to satisfy to satisfy that, that, that I need to please myself. i got to figure out me. No, if you're trying to please yourself, you will never please yourself. Because we were created to please God, to glorify Him. How are we to please Him? Some of you are you're sitting here like, okay, I wanted this perspective. Or we're at home, we're saying, okay, I want this perspective. I want to please God. Well, Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 6 says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So, to please God, it involves faith, right? It says it. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So how do we please God? Well, we believe that He exists. Not just that He exists. That we pursue Him. And we, we, we believe, we trust that He rewards those who believe Him. This is not, okay, I'm going to you know, believe in God, I'm going to trust Him, so He gives me stuff. That's, that's not what that means. This is an out of an overflow of our heart because we believe in what He has done for us. Because of, of all He has given us. Because the salvation in which is ours as a free gift. We want to, out of the overflow of our heart, Please Him for who He is. The, the stuff in which we get, that's just a byproduct of just being pleasing to God. Now when I say that, I don't want anybody to think like, well, man, I'm unpleasing to God, so God's just mad at me. This is one of those crazy t- theological tension points where we have to understand that there's nothing that we can do to, to, to make God love us more, and there's nothing that we can do to make Him love us any less. He loves loves us infinitely. Well, then why do I have to please Him? Because He gave you everything. It's it's one of those moments, even though I don't don't think that every parent should use this, but it is one of those moments where you ask your parent, not that I ever did this, why are we doing this? And they say, because I said so. (laughs) This is one of those moments. Why should we please God? Because it's the right thing to do. Because he said so. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the day in which you've given us. God, we thank you for being able to come here into your house, open your word, hear your truth. God, I know that we're all dealing with something. God, I, I know that, that we have the, the, uh, the worries of the world um, around us. God, I, I know that, that there are things that, that are on our minds, but God, I, I pray that our perspective is focused on you and pleasing you. Lord, as we go from here, let us just be able to to, to be focused and to to realize. That means make real, for that we can make real in our lives what it is we say that we believe. God, we, we do thank you for all you're doing. God, we thank you for this beautiful weather you've given us today. 
God, we pray that we can get things accomplished that we need to, but God, that we can, while we're doing that, while we're sitting on our lawnmower, whatever it is today, God, that we can just be thinking about how can I please God? I'm so thankful for what I've got, what, what, you, what, what you've given us. God, how can I please you? God, let us live a life that's pleasing to you in a, a, a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Y'all have a good week.